the Monkey Mind Podcast, your number one platform for athletes and mental health. Hosted by Danny Perez and Anthony Florentino. This is episode 70 featuring Steve Weinstein. Steve is a former professional hockey player in both the American Hockey League and East Coast Hockey League. He also played four years of Division I college hockey at Bentley University. But before we get into today's episode, we have a quick word from our sponsor. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Daily Dose CBD Inc. Daily Dose CBD Inc. creates full-spectrum CBD products ranging from tinctures, bombs, and dog treats. Research has shown that CBD has successful results in aiding in the following areas. Anti-inflammation, anxiety, PTSD, help with breaking addiction, neuroprotection, epilepsy, arthritis, chronic pain, and sleeping disorders. Daily Dose makes an extremely safe and effective product that we know you will love, enjoy, and benefit from. Daily Dose has given Monkey Mind listeners 15% off all their orders. Head over to DailyDoseCBDInc.com and use promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off your purchases. That's promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off all your orders at DailyDoseCBDInc.com. All right, we got Steve Weinstein on tonight. Um, yeah, if, I, if you hear me call him Chewy, that's just his nickname, so I might be dropping that a bit. But, yeah, welcome on, man. Happy to have you on here. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. Yeah, if you can just introduce yourself to everybody, who you are, sport you played, and talk about, you know, your journey through hockey. Um, yeah, so Steve Weinstein um, grew up in California playing, um, you know, youth hockey primarily with the Wave, AAA, you know, double A, triple A, all that. And then um, went to juniors in British Columbia, played for the Vernon Vipers for three years. Um, had a blast there, a couple RBC championships. And then got recruited to play at uh, Bentley University out in uh, Waltham, Mass for four years. 21-year-old freshman, you know how it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, taking the scenic route sometimes not by choice (laughs) yeah exactly called my dad about a month in i can't do it i'm going back to juniors all this school shit (laughs) yeah so anyways yeah did that and then graduated in 2015 and um right out of college signed an ato with springfield which was uh columbus's ahl team had a quick cup of coffee up there. And then um, the next two years would be 15, 16 and 16, 17. I, I started both in the cheese the first year with uh, Cincinnati. And then I got called up or I guess not called up. I signed a PTO with Cleveland, which was same team as Springfield from last year, still Columbus's AHL team and got sent back down. And then in um in the summer, I got dealt to South Carolina. <laughs> Could have been worse. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, so played there um, and got called up to Hershey for about a month and a half and then sent back down. We made it to the uh, Kelly Cup finals and lost uh, lost there and then decided to hang them up. So, yeah. What you Cliff Notes version. Yeah, there you go. I mean, obviously, I know that for everybody listening, kind of what are you, what are you up to these days? Still involved in um, hockey, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah. So I coach. Uh, well, obviously, I have a you know nine to five finance job. Very exciting, but <laughs> but uh, also been uh, 
also still coaching at uh, Chelsea Piers, the uh, New York City Cyclones is a tier two program. So I've been there. This will be my fifth upcoming year will be my fifth year. So nice. really enjoy that being being involved with the game with the young kids. So, yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, obviously podcast about athletes and mental health. So if you, uh, you know, whatever you feel comfortable sharing, kind of talk about your experience with, you know, mental health and hockey and mental health. And yeah, just kind of you have the floor to lead the way there. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I thought a lot about it. I think that I wouldn't say mental health, but something really changed or just noticed the difference in hockey when I got the pro, right? Like juniors was awesome. We, you know, we were winning all the time, had a ton of fun. College, we had a ton of fun, didn't win as much. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have your boys and then you kind of realize when you get to pro that it's not – so much of a team it's right everybody's kind of looking out for yourselves um i still i mean i still have a lot of great relationships from playing in the um primarily in the echl like good buddies guys that got it i mean you're there to you know obviously work hard and win and and have fun but you know some guys that you know they don't want to talk to you it's like they're just you're just another guy like you're not even a teammate you're just like you know, somebody, somebody who's trying, who you're trying to get the puck from. So it's yeah. right. I really notice it. And then especially in the AHL too, like I said, in the cheese, like for the most part, it's good guys, but in the A it's like, Oh, like no one is going to give you the time of day, especially as a call up. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well, guess I'll, uh, you know, hang out at the hotels. <laughs> See you guys at the rink tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I know I know how that is. I mean, I remember I got called to Greenville, and um, like I was like a thirtieth college guy that that came in. They were yeah. they were in the basement, so I mean, it was just like I I mean, I get it though. Like you know, who's another kid who's coming in for five games, whatever it is. So, um, yeah. but yeah, the dynamics definitely do change, um, and it's like a weird, very weird feeling to kind of experience that, and you know, it's definitely an adjustment, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you just kind of you know, why is this guy not talking to me? And then after a while, you're just like, all right, well, yeah, I'm going to start hanging out with the guys I want to hang out with. Very clicky. Yeah. No. And how did you find that, you know, what was your adjustment process to that and kind of like your, your, your mindset and um, in adjusting to that kind of, it's a little bit, some guys don't really know that, that, that how the, that that's how the dynamic changes. So it kind of um, catches a lot of guys off guard, especially when you come from a close college team. So, um, you know, how did you adjust that dynamic and, you know, what'd you do to, you know, figure that stuff out? Um, I mean, you know, just like you said, kind of realizing that it's not so much of a team. And I mean, I guess it kind of got in the way of me enjoying and wanting to be at the rink. Right. I mean, I grew up love Like I love hockey. I'm an addict now, like follow it all the time. Love being at the rink with the boys, with the, with the kids, but especially my first year in Cincy, it's just like, oh, fuck, like maybe I'm not going to come here and hang out earlier and, you know, play ping pong and shoot the shit. Maybe I'm, you know, I'm going to go get my work done, go to the gym, get my work in there and then just kind of, you know, see if anyone wants to see, you know, who wants to hang out later. Right. Like it's, you know, I can't I can honestly say the first year I definitely didn't, you know, didn't have a ton of buddies, you know, be friendly with all the guys, but you know, I wouldn't say I talked to many of them or, you know, had a plan to talk to many of them now, which is, you know, 
it's just unfortunate, but I guess it's kind of, you know, the nature of the game. You just kind of realize it, especially in those lower leagues, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's, you're on, you, you're literally walking on eggshells. You can get released at any point if you're on a cheese contract. Right. Yeah. So it took some time. Right. But, and I got, I guess it kind of took away a little bit of my love for the game, but you know, it's part of it. It's not all glamor. Yeah, no, exactly. Did you find that that affected your play on the ice? Were you able to find, you know, find yourself adjusting like, Hey, this is what it is. This is what I got to do. And this is just kind of how it's going to be. Or, you know, did it take some time to get to the point where you were getting in that mindset? And um, yeah. How would you say that that affected your play on the ice? Um, to be honest, I don't think, I think they were kind of, I don't know if mutually exclusive is the right term, but I noticed in the way that the coaches treated you, and in terms of playing wise is also adjustment, right? Like you're in college or juniors, it's like you, your coach, like you're your guy right there. They're all, you know, trying to get to the same point of winning, you know, league championship, national championship, blah, blah, blah. For pro like coach, like no, no, no coach in the cheese wants to stay there. Right. He's just trying to get wins and he's trying to put out whoever is going to get him wins. And he's not worried so much about your development. Right. It's like my coach and Cincy, like, you know, I had a little bit of a heater at the start, putting up some points as a smaller, you know, offensive defenseman. You know, I love me, right? And then, you know, go through a dry spell, and it's just like doesn't even look at you, whatever. And it's like, oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's something that <clears throat> I don't know if a lot of guys in college are prepared for. Because I think in college they're more willing to um, kind of nurture and help you along the way and kind of bring you along. But in, in pro, I don't think that that's there, which, I mean, it's a business. It makes sense. But um, I know it's, it's funny like you could tell someone like to your blue in the face and in college and junior, like, hey, it's different at the next level. It's different at the next level. But going there and experiencing it firsthand is like kind of catches you off guard. And um, I know it was an adjustment for me just kind of realizing those things. So and I was even told it to like, hey, it's different at the next level. But I just came from places, you know, always where they work with you and kind of bring you along and um, give you opportunities to kind of like work through different adjustment periods, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it in college, like I, you know, most, of, most likely you're there for four years, right. And you're trying to, you know, obviously get better, get better, get better. Right. And you know, pro you could have one game, like you have one chance to be, you know, and then you could be like, Oh, well, didn't do your job. Mm -hmm. Tell you later. So, yeah. Yeah. That's uh it's a lot to adjust with, but how did you guys have a sports like at um, Bentley or in any of the teams you play with in pro? No, <laughs> shit. I don't think so. And even if I did, I don't think, I don't think I would have used them. I think uh, it was just kind of, well, I wouldn't say hard headed, but I don't really, you know, now I kind of see things differently, but back then mental health was not really a, you know, was not a big part or even something I, I would even acknowledge. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's obviously it's good to be talked about more and, um, you know, talk about your transition in hockey from, you know, just playing your whole life and then the adjustment to, you know, it being over and obviously you're still involved in the game and it's great, but I'm sure it's different and, um, you know, working a big boy job. Yeah, no, that was, that was definitely tough. Um, so it was in 2017, we went to the Kelly Cup finals. We got swept. It's closer than it, closer than the than the box score showed. But uh, we got swept. And, you know, I had 
So I had gone through a concussion. We'll go back a little bit. I'd gone through a concussion, um, missed the last month of the year, and then came back for playoffs um, and was in and out of the lineup in playoffs, which was frustrating. But at the same time, it's like you're not going to bitch about it. Like at that point, you you know, you have your boys like South Carolina, like we're trying to win. We're trying to win a, a Kelly Cup. So I wasn't going to complain. I was frustrated, but you had to be professional about it because eventually I got back in due to an injury and played well. Um, like I was pretty happy with how I played throughout that entire playoff. I mean, in terms of defensemen for points on our team, I was tied for the lead with another guy and I played 10 less games. Right. So I knew, I mean, I, you know, I was the smallest defenseman, like the next smallest defenseman was like six, two. So I knew what I had to do. Right. And some would say I'm a defensive liability, <laughs> probably, <laughs> maybe, but fuck, you know, can't have six guys just cross-checking people in front of the net. Yeah. But um, anyways, cut to. So we lost in the final, and a good buddy of mine, Corey Kane, plays on uh, Kunlun in China. And he's like, Chewy, like, you know, we might be uh, have a spot open for you, blah, 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 or even start in the second league and work your way up. Camp starts in July. And I'm like – <laughs> you know, it's June. Yeah. Like so much for training or whatever. And my head still wasn't right. And, um, you know, it was like, oh, I had to make that decision if I wanted to go there or not. And uh, didn't end up doing that. Look back, um, maybe I could have, but who knows? I knew I didn't want to go back to the cheese just because one, you know, I, I was a little, I was still a little rattled at how I was treated. I mean, it was, you know, I, I, I liked the coach and, but I was, you know, a little rattled. So they wanted to bring me mm -hmm. back. I was like, I'm not coming back. I don't know if I'm playing again. And then you think about it, you're playing, you know, playing in the cheese, you're making <laughs> like 500 bucks a week pre-tax. So, I mean, it was just kind of like a snowball effect of like, oh man, I really, I, I guess should start my life 27 years old or going to be 27 years old. I should start my life. And then like the, you know, with the concussion issues. And then that was the first time because in the summer I knew like I was never like the fittest guy on our team, but I love training and working out and blah, blah, blah. I didn't, you know, I didn't worry about lifting a bunch of weight, but I wanted to get better. And that was the first summer where it was like, Holy shit. Like I don't have the urge to, to work out anymore. Mm -hmm. So that was another sign. So getting into that, when I realized that um, I was like, oh man, I got to start my life. I was, uh, I don't know. That was tough too. Cause once I accepted that, uh, that hockey was over, then I think it was worse. It was like, oh shit, I got to be a real person. And do oh, real yeah. Shit. Yeah. oh yeah. And I had, you know, I had no idea what to do i mean in college like i went to school but you know i wasn't really yeah. <laughs> you know yeah and i look back on what i do now or look looking back like what i do now like i didn't learn anything from college right it's all like the relationships you make you know i moved out here in uh i think like the late summer the fall of 2017 you know had no idea what was going on you know started getting linkedin didn't know what to do with it yeah. went to career fairs what a fucking joke those were yeah. and and i was just you know struggling right you know i started doing like uh delivering what like postmates and all that shit just yeah, to, like, yeah, yeah. Pass, of course just to pass the time 
been there some money uh-huh. which yeah yeah which would pay for one meal in the city yep but um yeah it was uh it was tough yeah like i said like as as much as as it was tough to realize all oh, like i'm not going to play competitively anymore it was i felt like it was even worse being like oh now i have to actually start my whole life at 26 or 27 and I just was lucky enough that started coaching and that's kind of how you know you make connections at the rink and then it just kind of snowballs from there so yeah. i mean hockey it's, you know it's kind of a no-brainer how that works right yeah no i know and that's um that transition period is tough and I don't care what anyone says. You can't really prepare anyone for that. Um, <clears throat> and it, just going back to like some previous points you made about just, you know, different things with playing and all that stuff, everything in hockey, no matter what level you're at, feels so monumental at the end of the day. I, you know, one thing it's like, I've been giving lessons and stuff and trying to be lighthearted on the ice. And when guys get hard on themselves, I'm sure, as you know, like you, you mess up, it's going to happen. Guys are going to be hard on themselves. It's like, dude, Hey, this is the time to mess up, first of all. And second of all, it's hockey. Let's relax. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think it's like there's so much of a stress on, on, all, on all of us that we put in ourselves and like from exterior pressures. And it just – it can debilitate you more than – I mean, obviously, it's all about perspective. and ha- But it comes to a point where it's like you're applying a lot of pressure on yourself. Like, relax. And that's one thing I try and reiterate. And then the transitionary piece, it's, it's super tough, man. Like, going through that, um, it's just like such a lost feeling. And – realizing that you've been playing hockey your whole life and no matter you know whether you you're the type of person who's like oh it's going to come to an end or like you're just i want to play in the nhl and that's going to be it like and it does but regardless it's going to come to an end so no matter which guy you are it's still going to hit just as hard yeah no it's crazy you make you make a good point something you talked about where it's like you put so much pressure on yourself and looking back like looking back like you know we both played you played at maine played at Bentley. We played D one. Like how many guys make it there? We both have, you know, some time in the, in the cheese, how many guys make it there. But when you're going through it, it's like, Oh my God, like how, or how am I going to make it to the next level? Mm-hmm. Right. It's such, it, you know, it kind of takes away from your enjoyment and you realize that some of the, like that external pressure, that's not what you enjoy about the game. You obviously enjoy playing, but you enjoy just being with the boys too. Oh yeah. So, I mean, that's a huge thing. And I think coaching helps that as well. Shooting the shit. I mean, there are 15 and 16 year olds, but they're, they're old enough to get some of the shit. Yeah, no, exactly. No, that's the thing too, is um, like, for me, I was always just worried about like the next level. Like what do I gotta do to get to the next level? And yeah. I hope, I hope I get there. Like, I hope, I hope yeah. I'm doing enough. And I look back and I reflect and I'm just like, dude, you forgot to have fun. Like, yeah. You forgot to enjoy the ride. Cause I mean, you get so fixated on getting to where you want to go that, it's not all the time. You obviously have moments where you do enjoy it, but um, I think that's why we talked about it so many times with having like mental skills, performance coaches, sports psychologists, clinical therapists. It's like the one thing that they constantly reiterate is just you set your goal and then forget about it. And then you just worry about the process of getting there and you just enjoy the process and enjoy the growth within that. And, you know, taking the big goal and, you know, taking the steps you need to get there and breaking them down. And then from there you can, get into that flow state and fall in love with the process of it and just be, be more present with where you're at. Cause at the end of the day, when, when it does end, it, you look back and you're like, went by like this, it just feels like it never yeah. happened in a sense. So it's just, it's a, that's why I try and reiterate to you guys. It's important to enjoy the process and still have that goal in mind, but don't forget that you're still playing a game and you're supposed to enjoy it while you can. Yeah. I mean the, yeah. Like tell our kids that too. It's like the, ba- the most basic goal is like 
did I get better? Right. And it's mm-hmm. not always going to be, it's not always going to be straight, but you know, it keeps going and going. And eventually where you yeah. started and where you ended, it should be. higher. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. So now I want you to talk about that from a coaching perspective. Um, you know, you obviously harped on it a little bit just now, but what are some of the things that you kind of take away from your playing career that you talk to these players about? And then just kind of general stuff, like what's kind of your coaching philosophy and just kind of the things that you always preach to your players, aside from X's and O's, obviously, just kind of like perspective and mentality sort of things. Um, just main thing is competing, right? Like we work with a lot of kids, like pretty much the prime, most of the kids are from, from New York City, right? They're fucking spoon fed, right? So when they have a little adversity, they kind of fold. Um, so we kind of, we want to, you know, preach embracing that adversity and don't just, you know, you know, shy away from challenges, right? Don't shy away from working hard. A lot of these kids have everything fucking handed to them and, you know, at some point it won't get handed to them anymore. So they have to learn, um, how to do that and just embrace kind of the adversity. You know, I mean, I definitely went with, you know, as a group, I shit on the kids a lot. Right. But it's, they know that it's, you know, trying to make them better when we have one-on-one meetings, that's kind of where I not so much baby them, but talk to them and kind of get an understanding of what they're thinking and how I, you know, how I expect them to be better and how I expect them to get better. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's the biggest thing. I mean, you know, one of the takeaways I took away from, or one thing I took away from my coach in South Carolina uh, wars I think he's in Chicago now with the AHL is every time we do a bagger, he would do one with us. Right. And that, you know, as much as I, you know, I wouldn't say hated him, disagreed with them at times. I mean, it showed, it showed me and showed everybody a lot. It's like, Holy fuck. Like this guy's in the fight with us. Like he's not, even though he's not playing, he's in it with us and there's no other way. Like, you know, that's the most that he could do to prove is like, Oh fuck. Like he's not, it's not us versus him. He's with us. And that's what I do with our kids too. Every bagger, I uh, I jump in. I mean, I fucking blow the doors off them because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> you're going game seven too. I know. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Trust me. Yeah, I'm going game seven. Fuck. But um, oh. but they get it right. And I talked to a few kids, and you know, we've had a couple. I think we had. You know, we're good for one practice a year where it's just like battle drills bagger battle drills bagger battle drills bagger and you know i went out to our captain because we had a shit weekend and i was like you think i fucking want to be doing this with you guys right you think i want to make you guys skate you think i want to skate right now and he's like yeah i get it right so i think that goes a long way and just letting them know like you got to be hard on them because they don't receive that as much as they should but as long as you know it's you're doing it for the right reasons i think that's the main you know main goal yeah no exactly and going off your point about like the adversity and kind of you know players being spoon-fed which i'm um, just kind of like picking back and piggybacking off like the adversity piece of that um i think a lot of times you often think as as people and as players like there's going to become a point where you reach that level that you want right and then it's like there's an aha moment and it's like the adversity just goes away like no it it's always there so it's just kind of being able to run through that and understand that at every level that you go to and at any stage of life, there's always going to be adversity at every point. But from that, you have to shift your perspective and understand that through this adversity and through the suck is where the most growth happens. Um, yeah, for and sure. You have to learn from it. 
Exactly. And those are where the challenges are. And I think if you could kind of constantly tell your players and, and people that you care about and, and want to succeed that, Hey, like there's always going to be shitty times and there's always going to be times where you're severely challenged. That's good. And you got to see that as an opportunity to grow. And there's a learning lesson in that and that you learn more from the losses and you learn more from the, I guess, quote unquote, beat downs than you do from like the major successes and, and, and those, I guess, aha moments in a sense where, Oh, I finally did it. Well, okay. We'll learn from what got you there and, and translate it to the next portion of whatever you're going to do. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you're spot on, right? Like you don't, what is it like you say, you don't lose, you learn. Right. And if you don't want any adversity, yeah, go, go win the lotto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, a good, that's a good quote. You don't lose, you learn. I love that. So, yeah, I mean, if you don't want adversity, win the lotto and go to an island and they'll never see you again. So. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, then you'll really be left alone. Yeah, right. But that's a whole nother world of problems. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I love all that, man. That's awesome. Um, if there was one thing that you would tell younger Chewy looking back with all this perspective and maturity, what's that one thing you'd be, or just one piece of advice that you have for, you know, players up and coming at any, at any ranks, whether it be youth, junior college or pro, or even someone transitioning into, um, into civilian life, I guess you could say just kind of, yeah. What, what, what would that be? Well, there's a lot of, hey, yeah, there's, I gave you a lot there, but if you can break yeah. it, I don't know. Yeah. Let me just see. What is it in uh, Anchorman? <laughs> oh, I'm not prepared. And he pulls out the <laughs> yeah. big bucket. Li- or, you know, he pulls out the, uh, the jazz flute. Oh, yeah. I'm totally not prepared for this. <laughs> uh, I, oof, I don't know. We'll start, I mean, off, I think, we'll start off with like, like what you would tell your, tell to your younger self. We'll start off with that. Like youth hockey. Anytime, like some, sometime where you were just kind of like, maybe we're really hard on yourself or down and then you're like, Hey, like see this, um, just like a piece of advice, you know? Yeah. I think in terms life of for youth, hockey. Yeah. Oh, well, I got nothing for you for life. No. <laughs> but uh, in terms of youth, um, you know, I was, I was pretty good. I was really good at like nine, 10, 11. And then, you know, I kind of hit puberty late and all these kids started passing me up and they were all, yeah quote unquote, young men. And I was still, you know, 80 pounds, blah, blah, blah. And I just couldn't compete. Like I wasn't fast enough. Wasn't big enough, blah, blah, blah. And, and it was tough, right? Like that's, you know, you can call that adversity in terms of just like, oh man, like all these kids, like how, how am I going to be as good as them? They're all men. They're all blown by me. They're all like burying me. And uh, then my old man, he held me back to double A. So I played three years of double A. And, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, had more touches, blah, blah, blah. And then by the time I went back to AAA, it was like everything had, everything had leveled back. Yeah. I kind of got back to that level that I was when I was younger and had that confidence. So, so, I mean, in terms of like, as a young player, you know, it doesn't really matter, you know, are you the best at 12? Are you the best at 13? Are you the best at 14? Because, you know. To be honest, like the last year is all that matters, right? I mean, same with you. Like your last year of midgets, that's where you're going to go play juniors. Your last year of juniors, that's where you're going to go play college, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it is all like developing, but, you know, if you're not the best at a certain level, that doesn't mean you're, you know, not going to, you know, not going to make it out to anything. I mean, those select festivals, like what is it, 15 or what do they start at, 14 or something to 17? Yeah, it's like what? Is it first year peewees or second year peewees? Maybe? Yeah, I mean, I didn't do any of those. And then my last year, you know, I I think I was like an alternate to make it to the regionals. 
So I made it to the regionals, didn't make it to the nationals. And, you know, probably I'm assuming had a better career than some of the other guys there. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know exactly how it is, but I'm, you know, there's definitely some guys that are still playing and have had, you know, really good careers, but there's other guys that are washed up. So it doesn't really matter where you, you know, are at a certain point. It's kind of, you know, following that journey and just keep, you know, working hard, I guess. Yeah, no, that's spot on. I think you see that a lot, but people, you know, parents specifically, I think obviously players, but you want your player to play at AAA. You want, yeah. you want to be at the top, but it's like, okay, well, you're going to go play AAA, but you're going to be a fourth liner. You're not going to play. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Like go where you're wanted one. And two, if you need, like it's an ego check, but if you need to go back to double A, oh my God, scary. Like yeah. if you need to, it's going to be better for your development in the long run. And you see it work for you and you did it for three years. And like you said, it got you the touches, got you the confidence. And then when everything leveled off, you were ready to make that next step again. Yeah. I think that's just so important. I think um, you got to do what's best for you. Everyone's journey is different. Everyone's path is different. So, um, you know, that was smart of your old man to do that. And yeah, I say, hey, you're going to get more, more opportunity to play and develop and get better at this, at this level. Yeah. I mean, I'll never say it. I'll never say it. No, of course you, not. Yeah. Yeah. I never give them the satisfaction of that. No, of course not. Um, no, that's awesome, man. Uh, and a lot of really good stuff that you talked about here and, um, no, that's, that's great. And I appreciate you coming on and, you know, telling your story and being vulnerable to talk about all this stuff. I know it's going to help out, help out a lot of players at many different stages. We kind of hit on all of them. Yeah, for sure. No, thanks for having me. It's fun shooting the shit. I'm not, yeah. uh, I'm not sweating at all. No, all right. <laughs> yeah. Is that why you wore dark and didn't wear gray? No, I, the pitch I mean, stage. I put on like a workout shirt and I was, I had a workout shirt on all day and I was like, it's probably a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep yeah. it on. Start really leaking through. I just got to work out and that's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The old sauna. Yeah. But thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, man.